non-conformist is like swimming against the current. It's challenging, it's exhausting and can be scary at times. But just as a fish that swims against the current can discover new territory and find its own path, a non-conformist can break free from the constraints of tradition and create something truly unique and powerful. As Adam Grant writes in his book, Originals, non-conformists are the ones who drive progress and create change in the world. They're the ones who challenge the status quo, question authority and refuse to settle for the way things are. But being a non-conformist isn't easy. It means going against the grain, facing criticism and resistance and taking risks that others might shy away from. And yet, it's only by embracing our non-conformity that we can truly unlock our full potential and make a meaningful impact on the world. In this podcast, I'll be sharing my own experiences as a non-conformist and talking to some incredible guests who have harnessed their own non-conformity to achieve great things. We'll explore the challenges and rewards of being original and look at how we can all tap into our own unique perspectives and talents to create a more innovative, dynamic and inclusive world. So if you're ready to challenge the status quo, break free from the mold and embrace your own non-conformity, then join me with this exciting podcast, The In With The Outsiders. It's time to unleash your inner original and make a difference in this world. Hi, everybody. A warm welcome back to The In With The Outsiders, where we tap into what's going on in the collective, what's the conversations, what are the questions that you are asking, and how can we get insiders that are experiencing this, but also at the same time, get outsiders that are practitioners in this particular field of study. So one of the things as, as an ethnographer is I see the pulse of the online world and the physical world, and then I merge it. And I see from a helicopter view what people are up to, what questions are they asking, who's answering those questions, are they getting the right advice, and what is on top for the collective, and what can we do to actually give more insight into these conversations that are happening online, and to build different forms of community to bring people together. So without further ado, I've got um, Shay Janoski back in studio and we are going to talk about this whole experience of psychedelics and what is psychedelics. We're going to talk about the psychedelic experiences that people are having, where they go, why they go there, what's the benefits, why do people actually do these psychedelic experiences, types of psychedelic experiences, but more importantly is also the preparation of, of this. So I don't know much about it, but mm-hmm. I do feel that it's an interesting conversation that's happening. Now, you are a Reiki master. Um, you are a medicine woman. Um, you hold um, sacred spaces. But I just wanted to understand, do you do these things? <laughs> um, so I am a medicine woman and sacred space holder. I have been initiated. Well, I work with the medicines such as cacao, hape, and sananga. What the hell is that? <laughs> so cacao is um, the food of the gods. It's chocolate. It's just raw chocolate. It's when it is... Oh, I can do that. <laughs> you definitely do can that. do that. <laughs> um, it is uh, more of a psychoactive. You know, you can have a psychedelic experience without the hallucinogenic. You're not hallucinating your body. You're still in control of your body. The heart opens, so there's more love that's moving through. It's more of a euphoric feeling, and you can move to shift any pain or trauma or come to a space of stillness or oneness yeah. or connection 
connection with yourself and with the divine, however you view the divine, whatever experience that it is that you'd like to have. But most of the cacao um, experiences are very soft. It's very gentle. The medicine, the spirit of cacao is soft and gentle, but not weak because you can have transformational shifts in your happen after sitting in um, cacao ceremonies. Hape is shamanic snuff. So they believe that corn is for the body, but um, tobacco is for the spirit. Isn't this what the Sangomas do? So, so our, our, our traditional child. healers, yeah, they use snuff. Yeah. The hape is a shamanic snuff from a tribe or different tribes within the Shipibo lineage as well as the Huniquin, which is Brazil. So my shamanic snuff comes from Brazil huh. or it comes from different indigenous lands where they work with the medicine with integrity. So when you are making hape, there is a specific way of making the medicine where it's mapacho and root box of a specific tree because all the plants within the indigenous lands or everywhere has healing properties and it's a living spirit. So when they take a specific plant where it's for your root chakra, your heart chakra, your third eye, your crown chakra is when they are mixing the blends together, they are singing and they're putting prayers and there's pure intention. And so when you are receiving the medicine, it, that the intention from these indigenous men, these beautiful pajes, the chiefs, the shamans, when you are receiving the medicine that they work through is that they are, the intention is to help you to come to a space of clarity. The benefits of hape is really just to open up all the chakras to have it in alignment. It is to shift any negative entities. And this can be thoughts or any energy that is stagnant within the energetic field just to shift and release that. Um, Sananga is a beautiful medicine. It is eye drops. It is excruciatingly painful when you receive it. Um, they use that in the jungle when they go Not hunting. Like, uh, instant eye drops. No, no, no. Oh. This is from I was the like, jungle. They use that to spike people's drinks. What no. are you talking about? <laughs> no, you can't spike with this. <laughs> but this is also beautiful to, to help with the intuition. It also is to release any entities, negative entities. I don't necessarily mean that entities are spirits, but I would be as thoughts or feelings or like programming that's no longer serving you. It helps you also to release and to shed those and to come into a space of clarity and stillness. It does also have physical benefits for your eyes. So your eyesight gets better, whether you feel uh, farsighted, nearsighted, it really assists a lot with that. So those are the medicines I work with. Um, very safe, um, very beautiful, very transformative. There are many other facilitators around that also work with Iboga. That is, um, I've heard, yes, I actually, when I was doing the netnography, I think two weeks ago, I saw three or four different conversations happening about I think it's Iboga and Ayahuasca. 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 Yeah. yeah, so Iboga would be the grandfather of the medicine and um, Ayahuasca would be the grandmother. Right. And they oh. both are profound and strong, beautiful. What medicines. is it? Is it like a, is it like a plant? So Iboga is, um, a root bark from a tree in Gabon and the ancestors have worked with this medicine. Right. Yeah. So that is the first, um, psychedelic experience I ever had. And this is just after my dark nights of the soul or during. So I felt called. So it's great. So university, everything ties together. I had a girl talk to me for three hours and the only thing I heard her talk about was shaman in Peru. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, okay, three hours. I never heard anything. But because those two words stuck out, I started doing research for four months, trying to understand what is shaman and what, what happens in Peru. And I did research on ayahuasca. And I was like, okay, in the next six months, I'm going to do ayahuasca. But what happened is six months later, I ended up doing iboga. And um, I did not prepare at all for iboga. I was so depressed, so adamant that I was going to commit suicide. And um, someone said to me, just do one more thing before you decide to commit suicide. And I was like, anything. Because I don't know how I'm going to commit suicide. If it was a gun, if it was going to hang myself, but let sure. me, let me do this. Iboga is, um, it, what, how we did it was a clinical way. So they would put the, the powder into capsules and it was in a clinical setting. There was no preparation, which was, um, really 
sad for me to have gone through this experience because there was no one walking before, mm-hmm. during, and after this path with me. But the do's and don'ts when it comes to any psychedelic experience is really to do enough research on who it is that's holding the space for you, who the facilitator is, where um, they are holding the the whole experience right you know like have you done it you do enough research to know that it is safe that they've been around for more than two years at least or if not then like have there been reviews or other people that can reference and say that they've had a great experience or that whoever is there is aware of what they're doing right because it was only months later where i realized that these were like pop-up people that were holding the space However, I trust that it was exactly what needed to happen for me. But um, there's a diet that you need to go on. There's, there's do's and don'ts. Like two weeks before any psychedelic experience, it is to go on a specific diet. With specific plant medicines, there are certain meats that you're not allowed to eat or you're not allowed to eat meat at all. No dairy, no caffeine. Go over social media, not to watch any TV, not to have any self-pleasure wow. or sexual intimacy with your partner. It really is to make more time for meditation. And the diet is so strict because the plants are so strict. They are spirit. So they start moving within your body. And the time you've committed to going into ceremony, they start working with you. So I, I saw something and I, I, I think in one of our conversations, we also discussed this, but I saw people say that you're cold. Yeah. What, what, what does that mean? So you know when you that you were called once you in ceremony and after ceremony. So you'll called know. For, for what? For, for to, to sit in the, the specific medicine? Or yeah. is it a... A specific medicine that you need to take or call to be in the ceremony? It's called to be in the ceremony, both, right? So you'll know that. So it's even like I felt like I was supposed to sit in ayahuasca because I Googled. So I mean, suddenly I meet this girl, talks to me for three hours. The only thing I hear is Peru and shaman. Do the research. For six months, I'm like, I'm going to do this. Six months later, I don't end up doing ayahuasca and going to Peru. I end up doing iboga. So there was like a shift in time of what it is I thought I was going to do. And I end up doing iboga. And even though the facilitators didn't have knowledge of what it is that they were doing, when I was done with that that ceremony or whatever it is that I experienced, I knew I was called to be in that space because I had so much revelation and understanding of why everything happened in my life the way it did and why I needed to sit in with Iboga on that day. So it's the same with mushroom experience, right? Like there is so much fear in sitting in these ceremonies, but when you are inquiring about it and there isn't fear, that is a call. It's when you look around and people start talking about mushrooms or they're talking about Iboga or they're talking about the ayahuasca and somehow it just lands up that you have the money, the finances to go there. It happens to work that you get leave. You know that you're meant and as you sit in the ceremony and you move through your journey, through your experience, no matter how traumatic, because it can be very traumatic or how beautiful your experience is, you just know that you were called. And that's part of the do's or don'ts is don't go rushing into something because it is trending. And psychedelic experiences are trending. Everybody's saying, go sit in ayahuasca or when someone's going through depression, you need plant medicine. You need to go sit with mushrooms. You need to go into any ceremony because sometimes it can be super beneficial and sometimes it can set you off. I mean, coming from a business perspective, you know, if you're looking at your cultural and societal futurists, mm. I mean, they've been calling out this this thing all for like five, ten years, and they've been saying psychedelics is going to happen. People are going to use this to overcome, you know, anxiety. It was in any way like LSD mm. and all those kind of things was used in in the sixties um, during the Woodstock times, mm. etc. But I mean, the evolution of anxiety, as we discussed in the first episode, and you have to go and watch that one. It's very interesting about the spiritual awakening. But anyway, just to latch onto that is, is, um, a lot of people I, I've noticed because if I look at the, the, the pulse that's happening 
People, okay, let me use Google Trends as an example. When you go into Google Trends and you go and look at purpose, purpose is spiking through mm. the roof. But then if you go and look at the search terms and you actually go and start looking at communities, what people are asking, what the communication is, etc., and what advice people are giving to each other and then going into the deeper understanding of, of the traffic of where people go on online, you would also start seeing this, this undercurrent um, um, trend of personal development, as I mentioned before, and finding self, and also people that like yourself, have been in serious places of wanting to end their lives mm. and doing this call and going to Peru or um, I, I, I can't remember all of these countries, but, but, you know, going Indonesia, I don't know where they go and they go and do their vibe. But then they come back with a, with a certainty of knowing mm. And knowing that this is the change that needs to happen within their lives, and there's a specific intent or a, a call to action mm. that they that they that they do this meditation for, in order for them to to get the, these answers. And what I'm also seeing is a lot of people having horrible experiences, mm. and really tapping into deaf and three deafs, and then they awaken, and then um, tapping in and out, and you know really hallucinating in horrible mm. ways. Um, so I wanted to understand, you know, why does that happen? Is it because, I mean, this is not nightclubbing drugs or psychedelics. I don't know what the mm. medicine, mm. Um, because I think we need to have a clear distinction. This is not, a, 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 I'm not talking about um, addictive drugs mm. here. We are talking about things that are coming from medicine, things that are coming from plants, mm. Um, it's not things that are dealt, dealt through drug dealers. Um, and these are things that are legal in certain countries and not legal mm. in others. And people travel to go and have these, these experiences. experiences. Yeah. And it is something that people will travel for and they will sell their house and the clothing mm. off their back to, to do this. And it's a, it's a subculture that I see is developing and people actually taking that call to adventure. Mm. Um, my question is just, okay, if this thing is happening, how can we make sure that people are doing the right internal work? Mm. It's not just about the diet, which is important, but how do they do the internal work correctly to ensure when they do that, that they don't go on these crazy trips? So, so most, um, when I say go on, sorry, go on these, these crazy journeys, trips, journey meaning <laughs> when you take the, the, the medicine and you go wherever you yeah, go. You journey, that yeah, you <laughs> So, so what I, I see and, and feel is with people that are doing or serving the medicine in, um, the space of integrity and pure intention is that they do offer sessions, pre-sessions to understand why you want to sit in the, in the ceremony, why you feel called to sit at the medicine. They will have two consultations mm -hmm. to understand that your intent is pure. It's not just because it is trending and it's happening, but because you feel called to. They also have sessions post, but that's your integration, oh. right? So there is that internal way uh, where your facilitator is having consultations with you pre-ceremony and post-ceremony. So they are really working with you on the inward journey, trying to understand why you are wanting to sit with the medicine, why you want to to sit in ceremony so that is important so that is not that do is is where you do enough research on who it is you're going to sit in ceremony with which medicine it is it is to look out that they are able to hold you 
pre-ceremony, during ceremony, and post-ceremony. That they're not just there for the money and the experience and then you're gone on your own. And integration is so important. So when you are sitting with a facilitator and they're off- offering a consultation pre-ceremony and post-ceremony, you know you're in safe hands. So that is, it is to work on that, it's to inward, it's to meditate, it's to connect yourself, it is to journal, it is already to like detach from social life and go within to understand why are you choosing to sit with the medicine? How can you work on yourself? Because what happens is the only way the ceremony, the medicine works, you know, when you have that, like, I need that call to actually have to do this, is your integration. It's after wow. ceremony. It's ceremony is beautiful and you can come out there with the, the openest heart and being open hearted <coughs> means you're in love with life and everything that is and you trust because that's the experience you can have in ceremony. But it's how then do you love your life? How do you integrate what it is you've experienced? Oh, I see. Now it makes sense. Okay. So it's, it's about the integration is, okay, you've learned all these things on your journey. Now you come back and now it's like, is this where this, like we spoke in the previous um, episode where we spoke about peeping, peeping peeps remembering uh, yes. peeps remembering who they are what's important is this what you're talking about so um now you remember and now how do you integrate back into society and and you because it must be quite a shock right? it is a shock to the system but community is very important mm. it is so when you come back is like and facilitators before you sit in ceremony there's a questionnaire like do you have people that support you after ceremony and you go back home are there loving and kind people that you can have conversations of what it is that you've experienced because you change completely there's a shift within your DNA within your body within your spirit so when you come back in I remember with my boga, I had an avatar experience and during the whole experience the facilities I said to them this isn't a movie it's real right like there's so much love there's so much magic that is happening around us all the time they couldn't see what I was seeing but when I came out of it i had so much more love than what i had before and when i came back into the normal world no one could relate to me it took me three years to integrate because i couldn't find a community and even when i did find the community they weren't into their awareness because they had taken their ceremony um psychedelics but they hadn't had time or support for the integration so community is very very important it is to find your community to find people uh, who it is that's gone through some of the experience so if i sat with you and i said you know i saw the celestial being you won't think i'm crazy like i get it i saw that too so community is very important to do you me. have to have it before community i think it's like you know if you also put the intention that you are looking for people like-minded people I believe that whatever you're seeking is seeking you and will come together. And I think that's why these conversations are so important so that the people that are afraid thinking that there's something wrong with them, it's like, oh, I get it. And they start connecting with each other. So community is very important when you come back and also to know that you have a facilitator, a life coach that gets you and understands you. And that's what's happening. There are many therapists that are working with psychedelics that are able then to hold the container even after ceremony and to help you through whatever life challenges you might experience. So that is very important. That's very interesting. So I, I went I went online to 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 get a few um, insights also just um, from people. So there's a lot of evidence um, through the University of California um, that these psychedelic experiences really have um, a huge impact on people. And you know from from that perspective is one thing I have also picked up is once again this is not a thing where people go and they go and sit a psychedelic experience or a psychedelic retreat near me. It's Mm. pretty much this underground. It's not a drug dealer type of thing Mm. because I have to be very clear. This is not addictive, right? No. Um, Because because people are are obviously, it's by word of conversation. So 
we as as people in a business environment might not know that these conversations are happening, especially if we don't deal with this mm -hmm. world, but it is really happening. Mm -hmm. And people go through their community and that is how, oh, have do you know of somebody that does this? And this is how, by word of mouth, before you know it, you get your experience and, and mm -hmm. you know, you, you go. And th th this means people will connect you to California, I don't know, to different countries and you'll go and you go and have your medicine practice there and your experience. But one thing I wanted to, to highlight is that this is a, a, a very much a mystical um, experience. Mm -hmm. But also what they say is that um, it, it helps you to find your um your personal meaning and to your to sustain yourself and to find the calm in the storm mm. um during difficult times it also helps you to access your consciousness and um one thing for sure as i can tell you now um the 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 ascension of consciousness is massive mm. um and it's like for all the collective even if people don't believe in what we are we are discussing here um, and it could be either as, as you, as, as you, you discuss a death of a parent, the experience mm. or the birth of a child. Mm. It's, it's pretty much that's all. Mm. I don't think, um, your experience is going to be like, ah, it's no. a toe through the tulips, no. you know, uh, there's going to be uh, either or. So I think what, what I would like to understand is, um, what is the stories that you, that you tell yourself when you, when you go on this experience? How long does it take? I mean, is it a whole weekend thing? Do you, do you go on this experience and, you know, it just happens? How long does it take? Mm. I don't know. So do you know? If you don't know, <laughs> let me know if we need to have more conversations about this. Um, each uh, medicine is different, like the, the amount of days or the retreat that you'll have, like some, um, places they'll have or retreat centers, they will have um, a seven-day um, retreat with ayahuasca, right? But a seven-day seven retreat. Seven-day retreat, right? So some days, it's not every day that you're going to be drinking ayahuasca, but some days you'll have cambo, which is the frog medicine, and that's just to detox your body prior to sitting yeah. in the ceremony. And then you'll have ayahuasca, and the one day you'll just be resting. And the next day there'll be wachima, which is San Pedro. It's a cactus, a different medicine, a masculine medicine. It's not dangerous. So, uh, there are dangerous effects, but the thing is, if you're sitting with the people that have worked with the medicine for many years yeah. and understand how to work with every outcome, it is safe, completely safe. You just have to do your research wow. and look for the right centers. How many people do this? Is this a big thing? Many people do it. Do you know of many people that have done this? Yes, many people do it. Many people do it. Have you done all of this? I have done majority of it, yes. Really? Yeah, I've done um, Iboga, your? Ayahuasca, Cambo, um, Wachuma. I've done, um, I mean, you don't even have to have um, a psychedelic medicine in order to have an altered state of conscious experience moving into a subconscious. Holotropic breathwork is insane. Holotropic breathwork what is that? allows you, show you us. to, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> so there are incredible, not many facilitators within South Africa that does ho office holotropic breathwork, but that can move you into an altered state of consciousness. I've heard this thing, um, it's, um, when I went, I also went to a, um, a conference. Um, it was a personal development conference, and they were talking about um, um, box breathing. Yeah, is that that? So, so box breathing is like your your four the count kundalini. inhale. So, so kundalini also allows you to move into your awakened state. But holotropic breathwork is is like a soft inhale and a heavy exhale. And if you do this for like a good ten minutes, it's just like. <gasps> 
and you do that for 10 minutes, you start shifting into an altered state of consciousness just with your breath. That is how part, when they weren't allowed to um, administer or give people LSD to help them with depression or anxiety, then they, uh, there is a doctor that did uh, a bit of research into your breath and was just using your breath that can move you into an altered state of consciousness. And what happens is then you are able to face trauma. So you can go to the day um, your mom gave birth to you. You can go to an experience where you weren't able to let go. Wow. So, so yeah, so you, you don't have to f- further than that. You can move Yay. into a space of everything. <sighs> Might be terrified by the things I see. <laughs> but you are safe. That's the thing is you're safe. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Um, okay. So I'm very, this is a fascinating conversation. Um, <laughs> you let me just hold on. <laughs> hold on. Okay. Um, okay. Yeah, because I must say the whole LSD thing, thing personally makes me feel very uncomfortable for, for various reasons. Um, but I mean, I'm sure that the people watching are going, yeah, but I'm not going to travel to some foreign country. How can I have this experience here? What is allowed in South Africa? In South Africa, we have Iboga. Which is, but it's a very intense experience. Iboga is, has been mainly for heroin addicts, you know, for them to cure their addiction. Is and it, it addictive? Iboga. Yeah. No, you wouldn't want to do Iboga after the first time you've done it. It is a very yeah. um, daunting experience. You are completely paralyzed for nine hours. You can't move because of the visuals that you have. So you have facilitators that if you need to go to the bathroom. It sounds awful. It is. It sounds <laughs> awful, but you'll know when you're meant to sit and will be the most beautiful experience yeah. you could ever have. Very Sorry, I'm not being a pessimist. I'm just like, oh. <laughs> it is quite intense. paralyzed by your thoughts. I mean, well, it kind of, that's not my day-to-day life. I mean, with my ADHD brain. <laughs> I mean, it just doesn't stop. It's like a, it's like a infomercial highway there. It's just like everything that I, I mean, like the pictures that I have to see and I'm like, can it just stop? I can't. And I mean, yeah. Um, but it's fascinating for me to, to listen to this conversation because I, it is definitely something that is happening, um, below. And what, what, what makes this interesting for me is, is people that's really seeking to become better human beings. Mm. It's people seeking to to reach this altered state of a higher being and even though the world i see this conversation of the 3d in the matrix is something mm. um that everybody talks about i have to go and watch the matrix movie again because mm. i think i hear the matrix mentioned more i think it's one of the most trending words online mm. at the moment mm. and i'm like okay cool i have to go and watch um old uh, Ken- keanu reeves mm. and see that the blue pull and the red pull experience yeah definitely um but I mean, like from from these altered states, I do feel that people really want to to access their 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 higher their higher states. But what another shift that I'm also seeing um, on, and I'm coming from also from an academic perspective. So you start seeing people are going for shorter courses mm-hmm. um, through practitioners rather than studying a degree. Um, a degree is becoming something that a few have access mm-hmm. to. Um, which I, I feel is pretty much the same with this experience. Like people will go where it's maybe a short course to access my higher self or my higher being. Mm. I, the truest version of myself is actually accessible in my subconscious. Mm. And that helps people to transition into becoming better people by understanding where's the ego, mm. you know, the ego is a GPS coordinate in there. And I think that these medicines actually have access to those mm. coordinates. Mm. And I think it's interesting for me because leadership is so important. And, you know, 
Um, I've just finished my degree in PG, my PG dip, and it was really a difficult journey for me because it was in the middle of the pandemic um, and learning how to be a leader and while going through my dark night of the soul um, and trying to understand and, and dive this deep into my life through crit- critical um, um, thinking and also incident logging and trying to access my innocent child. I mean, those things mm. just through, uh, but it, it was an amazing experience. I just wonder what that would be like with medicine on top of that, you know, um, because this inner healing process just doesn't stop. Once you embark and take that call to adventure, it just mm. continues because, you know, you have to look at your lifespan and mm. see how long have you been here just on this and whatever you believe. If you've lived here for um, 10, 10 times in your lifetime or you only believe that you're here once, once. that's your prerogative and, and how people b- believe things. But I think the interesting thing for me is understanding all these pivotal shifts mm. that happened in your life. Where do they come from? Was your perception the correct one? Now, my question is, Take me through a typical experience of a person. Like, what on earth happens in there? And you're like, nine hours. So, I think even when you, so let's go for, so Iboga is very um, intense and you very much in your own body, your own experience, right? And the visions that you have, I think, is from your own thoughts. It's your own subconscious, what could happen, right? But hmm. you can have conversations with other beings, whether you believe in that or not. Your experience is very personal and it's up to you. My thing was because I was so suicidal when the whole journey started is like, I didn't do so much research on Iboga. Like I must have read over a few things. And I was like, okay, this is it. But when I um, sat with the medicine, like after taking one tablet, I was already visualizing because I was so angry at God, for being so suicidal, I was like, you don't exist and I don't want to live here anymore. And suddenly I had visions of sitting around this tree in Gabon with the, the ancestors, these people that were working with the medicine. And I had such a fright because they were black men and they had paint over their face. And because of my belief growing up, you needed to fear people that look like this. And I felt like I wanted to run away. And the man like pulled my energy back and he's like, why are you here? And I said, I think I need healing. And he showed me when my mom was pregnant with me in her home that her my dad was kicking her and already I felt unloved and unwanted before I came wow. into the world. So you have like a whole vision. So that is like the basis sure. of it. And then they take you through a whole journey for nine hours where you're in jungles, you're communicating with animals. But this is mine. Not everybody will have the same experience. But the next, like, well, the next morning when you're trying to come back to you are questioning everything, but your mind is cleaned out completely. It's like you've had this cupboard and you've taken out what you no longer need, all these thoughts, all Mm. these feelings that no longer serve a purpose. But every medicine is different. So when you're sitting with ayahuasca, and you're like a, a group of 12 people. And once you have the medicine, you start laying. Some people will start making sounds. Like they have the energy moving through their body. But they try to keep the 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 room as silent as you possibly can. So with the Winnie Queen, they have fire within the room. So there will be a fire there. And you have to facilitate moving around. And they are serving hape to either induce the medicine to work stronger or for you to have a purge, which is to throw up. And throwing up means you are letting go of any thoughts or feelings or programming that's sitting within your energetic field that no longer serves a purpose. Then with the Shipibo tribe, it is very dark. Like everything's completely dark, no light, no fire, and you're going inward. And some people will move through moans, moving into their body. They might be having conversations. Some people might be going through a traumatic experience where a facilitator will go and assist them. But it's not to disrupt the whole container of everybody else being yeah, in there because i was just you know as you were saying that um you know if for me because I, i'm 
an empath and sense that I can pick up energy mm. before I even walk into a room. I already know what that energy mm. is. And um, for me, I'm always very sensitive around um, who I'm around mm. with, you know. And obviously, you know, to our discussion, you have to also put intense out for those people. But you don't have no guarantee of those people are going to, the right people are going to be there, you know, and what their intents are, etc. And that releasing of that energy, um, you know, it's a sacred space and also a very vulnerable state. Very um, for your mental consciousness yeah. and where you are, because I mean, you're not really conscious at that stage, no. right? No, you're not. I mean, it's not like when, when you, these facilitators, when they talk to you, are they, are they, a, sorry, I'm asking so many questions, no, please. but this is like, when I saw this thing going on, like, it's really big. Yeah. I didn't realize that it was such a big thing. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, what I love about it is people don't talk about the, how they got to the retreat, when they went to retreat, who referred them? What, what, what? But then when they back, they, they have yeah, everything thanks. to say. You know, they got so many stories. And this for me is fascinating because you get to hear about the post. Yeah. So that people are sharing their journeys. And I think mm. it's important. I think so too. We have to know more about people's experiences. Yeah. And I mean, like if people wanted to, to do a, a ceremony, could they, I mean, there's obviously certain things that you do and that you don't do. And I think there's also um, um, some sort of responsibility or indemnity that needs to be signed. I mean, if something happens to you when you're not conscious and you're going on this journey, who's going to do what? Who's going to call the ambulance? What if you have an allergic reaction? I mean, I'm sorry, but I mean, I'm just playing risk mm. averse. Yeah, now. definitely. So there is an indemnity form that you have to sign in. That's why the center that you work with, they will send you all these questions. They first have a consultation with you to see your medical background, who it is that you have to support your after ceremony. That's why whoever it is that whatever center you reach out to is to see all these things, that they have the checklist. So they ask you all these questions. They want to know about your diet, what if you have any um, traumatic experience, have you sat in plant medicine before? Do you have any psychosis? You know, is there any history in your family of mental illness? So they ask all the questions that need to be asked in order to know that you are mentally and physically and spiritually aligned to sit in the ceremony because they know what could happen or what could go wrong. Mm. So you are still signing that indemnity form. So should anything happen to you? that it's you have signed over. I mean, there are shows on, on Netflix. I think it was called The Last Shaman. And um, the guy goes, he's trying to find himself as one. Well. He's in Peru for seven months. And throughout these seven months, he goes and he sits at a center where the guy wasn't meant to drink ayahuasca. And he came and he sat into the into the Moloko, into the ceremony. And, and the shaman says to me, him, you're not meant to drink tonight. You know, you because he was on drugs before. They're like, we're still doing a detox. And he drank. And within two hours, he died. <gasps> so, so it was is it real. You, true story. Yeah, true story. If oh you look at gosh. the last shaman on Netflix, you'll see that last happens. shaman people. So, so they talk about it, but you have to sign over. Like you know, they do all they fine prints on their side centers. That especially if you, that's when you know that you're working with people that are actually aware of the medicine and they work with integrity and they're doing all their homework on their side. In your experience. Do you think that people should go straight to the big deal or do they start smaller and first, I don't mean like if I had to like do something like this, I would really just really start with something very mild. Like cacao. Cacao. (laughs) Of course. I mean, chocolate is accessible. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like what is your recommendation? Do you start gradually to almost get yourself used to the process or just, I mean, from what I'm seeing on the netnography side is I am truly seeing some people 
making big jumps. Mm. It's like the dark nights of the soul straight into into this journey. Mm. So I think with that is it really is an organic journey. You know, it really mm. is to trust yourself. It's not. And that's like the do or don't when before you're sitting in ceremony. Like, am I, why am I doing this? What is the intention of me yeah. sitting? Am I doing because it's trending or I want to be able to talk about it? I want to post about it. I want to have this. Or is it really an inward journey where you really just want to heal or deal with your depression or you want to move through the anxiety? You get called to the medicine, mm. right? So even where it's like, you know, gradually, if I shared with people, I'm going to come sit in the cacao ceremony, you know, come feel what it is to be in community with people to open up the heart. You know, even though it's just chocolate, it's not just chocolate. I mean, cacao has changed my life after a year and a half where I started making decisions that felt very aligned with me and I was empowered mm. to make those decisions. But then again, my first psychedelic experience was iboga, which is the strongest psychedelic there is. You see, look at you. You're such a warrior. Like, <laughs> seriously, divine feeling. I mean, like, I'm asking a lot of questions purely because, you know, it is intriguing to me. Yeah. It is interesting. There's also so many factors to consider. I mean, like, if you look... There's very, I mean, if we look at the suicide rates, there's a lot of people that are currently in a, in a state where they are, um, there's a word, there's a, it was actually announced by The Economist. It's called deep prescription trend that is actually starting to happen where people are taking themselves off chronical medication because they no longer want to, you know, take some of these medicines into their bodies. They wanted to go natural, etc. So the, 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 you know, the, these trends are starting to, um, happen and there has to be some sort of alternative for people to find that balance. And, you know, it's, it's quite a big responsibility to take on. But then when you also start looking at the conversations that's happening about your body and your inner healing and the holistic paths that, that people are taking, it does seem like People are getting through these things, mm. but then I don't have enough data to to make that to support this, that. And, and, and people do your research, like you know, if you want to do these kind of things, don't do it naively. Do your research mm. properly and make sure you're in safe hands. But also, more importantly, is make sure that you know the pros and the cons mm-hmm. of what could or could not happen. Mm. Can you imagine being? Like, what is that, that fire festival where everybody went and then they arrived and there was nothing happening and they had like these tents. You don't want to go into a journey and then travel over abroad and then you find that there isn't anything. It's not safe or it's, it's actually something else, you know? Mm. And especially when you're not familiar with the medicine, Mm. you don't know what it's going to do to you and speak to people that have done it. And I think that's Mm. perhaps what I want to do is bring people in this had different experiences and hear their points of view Mm. um, and, you know, how they experience because it's fascinating. For me, it's fascinating because I can see that it is having a huge impact and there's actually science behind it. If I look at um, professors and universities, doctors, that are actually mm-hmm. really going on these journeys to actually assess it and yeah. say it's really there's actually science to say that this works. So it's a fascinating conversation. The other thing I wanted to ask you, and this is goes off this, uh, the topic, but I mean, how do you use Reiki in this experience? Do you use it at all or is it too much or how does this work? In the psychedelic experience, yeah. No, you are not your normal self within those spaces. And when you're done? I mean, you could. You could. There are various ways of integration 
after um, ceremony. But integration is very, very important, no matter which ceremony you've been in. And integration can look like sitting with um, a life coach or a facilitator that's experienced within the medicines. But that you can sit in with Reiki sessions. I mean, most of my clients that have gone for Iboga or they've sat in mushroom ceremonies or whatever, they come back into cacao circles because cacao is very soft and gentle. Her spirit is very like just to bring you back into your body, back into your heart. So you can uh, allow Reiki or any other healing modality to assist you. Kahuna massages are also incredible to do. What? Kahuna massage. So that's also another healing modality where they massage the suppressed emotions throughout your body, but they're able to contain whatever your experience is as well. So there's different stuff to try, different things to experience. So yeah, like Reiki does help our post-ceremony. There's a lot of things that can help. That's really fascinating. There's a lot. There's, there's a, a lot there's of a lot, beautiful like it's things. It's a lot to take in, but I think it's also, you know, having these conversations is important and, and, and he- hearing it from a, a person that actually, you know, has done it, practices a lot of it. Mm-hmm. And I think more importantly also, I'm sure that there's people um, that would want to reach out to you if they want to do a cacao experience or they want to do a um, iboga. No, definitely not with me, but I can refer them. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, if you want to initiating ibogas like after over seven years, yeah. But um, yeah, like there's an increase. I mean, I'll send you all the information. You can drop it on a link or whatever okay. it is, so that you can uh, divert people. Yeah, to so stuff. people will just have the link below. No, yeah, of various just... places where they can um, reach out for different stuff. So if you want to go on that experience, that journey, and you want to go into that altered state, make sure you're in safe hands. Make sure you do your homework and reach out to people that have experience in, in these kind of things and be safe out there. From my side, I'm going to go onto the hunt to go and find people that have had these experiences. If you've had one of these experiences, please contact me at hello at carmenmurray.com and then we will have an exploratory conversation and take it from there. Thank you so much. 